Let us pray. Shatter the silence, mighty God, with your glad and glorious greetings. Banish all our fears and give us faith in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. If there is anything said this morning that is against your will, let it come to naught and do no harm. But if there is anything said this morning that is according to your will, let it be heard, as if sung by the voice of angels, that hearing we might believe, and believing, obey. Amen. In today's text, we know something is coming, but Mary does not. We know something is coming because the text you know, draws us in slowly and ploddingly, climactically. But Mary is caught unaware. The author puts us on the shoulder of the angel Gabriel as we travel through the insignificant province of Galilee to the two-bit town of Nazareth, past a soon-to-be groomed Joseph till we're face-to-face -face with a virgin, and not just any virgin, a virgin named Mary. And we look her up and down. She's normal. She's almost too normal. She's as normal as we are. Does God change the world through people as normal as we are? She's 12, maybe 13. She's innocent. She's unassuming. She's unaware. But for the angel to come this far, we've got to assume there's something about Mary. Then, in only a few short sentences, this poor girl's life gets turned upside down. The first thing that the angel tells her is that she has found favor with the Lord, but we can't blame Mary for being confused. The NRSV says that she pondered the angel's greeting. But we shouldn't take that to mean that she became pensive or wistful or reflective. Now, the Greek word used here, dialogizomai, is translated weakly, I think, in the NRSV as ponder. See, elsewhere it's used to describe how people think when everything is on the line. It is employed elsewhere in the New Testament to describe how the Pharisees think when they are threatened, or the rich man thinks when he is desperate, or the tenants think as they plot to kill. Mary pondered this greeting like we ponder being fired, or ending treatment, or asking forgiveness. It is a pondering with life and death intensity. And can we blame her? I mean, this supposed favor that she's found with the Lord is going to cost her big time. As one commentator put it, she's going to have a child out of wedlock that will one day be executed as a criminal. Whatever dreams she had for a life, a marriage, a family, 
All of that will be rearranged and she has no control of the situation. She has no control. She's not even permitted to give this child the name of her choice. And you will name him Jesus, the angel tells her. Life is, is about to get away from her. Life is about to get away from her. We know a, a thing or two about how life can get away from us. Where does it feel? Where does it feel like, like life is getting away from you? And kids have a way of doing that. Even when they're not named Jesus, kids have a way of making you feel like life is getting away. I know a kid named Grace that makes her parents feel a bit out of control. Like life is getting away from them. There's one named Lily, Max, and Lucy too, by the way. But mine aren't the only kids like that. Once I, I shared a meal with Jimmy, a childhood friend, and he was grandstanding about his prowess in a community kickball league. This is what men do. Uh, yes, I said kickball, and yes, he's a grown man. But as he was boasting, his seven-year-old son, aware of my profession, bragged for him. He said, when my dad jumps to catch a ball, it's like God picks him up and carries him across the field. Jimmy just shook his head. How easily children make us feel like life is getting away from us. And our mothers say, our mothers would say it serves us right. Friends, since childhood, you can imagine that this was not the first time Jimmy and I were out of control together. One particular time comes to mind my first car was an AMC Eagle, an awkward, heavy rear-wheel drive shaped like a station wagon and a Pinto got together and had a baby. And on a, the perpetually snowy roads of Maine, it was, this AMC Eagle was a handling nightmare. And on one particularly snowy day, Jimmy sat white-knuckled in the passenger seat as I tried to coax that AMC into getting us home. And I, I drove perfectly. I followed all the rules for driving in the snow, the rules that are embedded in every Mainer's blood. And even so, when I rounded the corner, most infamous in our town for accidents, that boat of a car started spinning. Now to sit in the driver's seat of a spinning car is a most uncomfortable feeling. It lasts for only seconds, but in those moments you question yourself and your culpability. You question how and when the spinning will stop. And you question how you'll get out. You feel like life is getting away from you. Totally out of control. And that feeling, the one I had in the car, the one that maybe this year is giving you today, 
That feeling of being out of control is the same one that gripped Mary on the day that the angel came to see her. That day when all she could muster were the words, how can this be? Four words. Those are her words. How can this be? Words that echoed from her time. Two hours. How can this be? They are, I think, a perfect four words for when life gets away. A perfect four words for when cars start spinning and pandemics strike and economies tumble and mistakes are made and and bodies start failing. They are Mary's words. How can this be? The words she blurts out when she's informed that her life is about to be rearranged, but she has loaned them to us, hasn't she? But then she loans us the angel's response to. How can this be? How can this be? She asked the angel. Backup is on the way, the angel responds. Well, not in so many words. That's not exactly how the angel put it. The angel says that the Holy Spirit will show up with a purpose. And the power of the Most High is going to embrace her like a thick fog. The angel tells her that her cousin Elizabeth is going to be in this with her, that she, like Mary, is pregnant. But what the angel was really saying was, the dream team is coming. Backup is on the way. And that was enough for Mary. Even as she was losing control of her young life, it was enough for her to gather herself back up again and say, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And I've found that it's often enough for us too to know that backup is on the way. The world can spin and, and hands can slip and tears can fall, hearts can break, fingers can fold, teeth can clench, but, but so often it's enough to know that someone, that something is coming with a purpose, coming to embrace us, coming to be with us in it. We hit that snowbank and the new powdery snow whooshed over the top of my AMC Eagle. And I looked at Jimmy. You okay? Yep. You okay? Yep. And we just started laughing. And in a moment, we were out of the car looking at this hopeless circumstance. No amount of pushing was going to get it out. But we weren't worried because this was our town and we knew our town. We knew what kind of town we lived in. We knew what kind of people would be driving by. We knew we didn't have to call for backup, that there was 
backup already on its way. We knew that someone would be along soon with a truck and a chain. Can we say the same for our town? Can we say that for our community of faith? What about our families? Can we dream about a world where, where when life gets away from us, when life gets away from anyone, that there isn't any need to worry because help is coming? Because we know that backup is on the way. Or maybe is it, is it that you need to know that you need to know today that someone is waiting for you to be the backup that God is sending. And sure enough, for those teenage boys, it was only moments later that an old four-wheel drive pickup rounded the corner. We had no doubt he would stop, and he did. And he was a sight to behold. He seemed to have as much grease on his face as he had skin. Got a chain, I asked. But I didn't need to. He was already pulling one from the toolbox in his truck bed. He didn't say much. But he did help us get that chain hooked properly to the car. And then he yanked us out. I hope I thanked him. This is the kind of world Christians should be dreaming about. Let us dream of a world where Marys don't have to worry about being turned away by innkeepers. Where boys don't have to worry about being left in snowbanks. It is a world where people like you and I know that someone is coming to help when life seems to be getting away from us. I know that's not how it is. I know that's a lot to expect. I know it, it might seem like that would be asking for a miracle, but this is Christmas time, isn't it? This is a time when backup came. Not from kings, emperors, or politicians, not from religious leaders or pious folks. Instead, backup came in a miraculous way from a baby boy who was born into an out-of-control world and is chased from the manger by the death threats of a paranoid king. Backup came from a baby boy that was throughout his life left for dead by everyone from the innkeeper to Pontius Pilate from a baby boy that one day with his last breath will beg for forgiveness on our behalf. Many of us have had our lives rearranged, our world spun around, our relationships jarred in the year that's coming to a close. Many of us fear what is to come and feel like we're just barely hanging on, that with this or with that, life could quickly get out of hand. May we dream of something better, that when we find that our words are echoing Mary's. When we find ourselves asking, how can this be? May we hear like Mary did, the message that God so longs for us to hear, the message he sent the angel Gabriel to deliver. Back up. 
is on the way. Amen.